You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. How many is ready to hear a word from the Lord this morning? Well, this morning, is it okay if I just preach something from my heart for just a moment? I know that it is a, uh, a time where mostly in the past that I, you try to be able to preach something about, you know, July 4th and everything else, but the Lord dropped a thought in my heart that I have not been able to get away from. And the Lord dropped something in my heart, and I want to be able to share it this morning. And I want to be able to take a few moments and be able to share a very simple thought. A very, very simple thought. That thought is this. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. So I want you to take your Bible out, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'm going to read a number of passages of Scripture... And then I want to just speak for a few moments this morning. That has everything to do with each and every single one of us. First Samuel chapter 17. When you have it, say amen. First Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading in about verse 32. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it. And deliver the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard. I struck it and I killed it. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the very armies of the living God. Verse 37. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord will be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor 
and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. Look at your neighbor and say, he tried to walk. There's a big difference between trying to walk and walking. Let me say that again. There's a huge difference between trying to walk and walking. When you are just trying to walk, there is no confidence in your walk. When you're just trying to walk, it's a testing phase. When you're just trying to walk, you are way too distracted by everything around you. Why? Because you're trying to steady yourself. You're trying to walk. You're trying to be able to do this. You're looking for somebody who runs in front of you. You're looking for a dip in the, in the sidewalk. You're looking for all these things. Trying to walk and walking are completely different things. Listen to what he said here. David fastened his sword to his armor and he tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul... I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, And he drew near to the Philistine. Father, in the name of Jesus today, will you speak, O God, to this people. Lord, you knew exactly who would be here this morning whenever you dropped this into my heart. Dear God, you knew exactly who it was. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, dear God, Lord, that this must be the appointed people. And this must be the appointed time. And this must be the appointed word. So mighty God, in the name of Jesus, help me to speak it. Help us to receive it. And help us to be able to apply it. And let us be changed by it. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, 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 Amen. This morning, I want to speak for just a moment on this topic. Wear your own clothes. Wear your own clothes. Look at your neighbor and say, don't wear my clothes. No. Don't even ask for them. No. No. No, you ain't wearing them. Don't wear my clothes. See, at this time that we're reading our text, Israel has a Goliath problem. They have a big problem. They have a massive problem. They have a problem that is about nine and a half feet tall. Big problem. His name is Goliath. This problem is armored from head to toe. He's trained from, to be a warrior from his youth. He has the best equipment. He has the best armor. And he knows how to use them. 
There's this show that I found, I don't know, late one night, coming back in, youth camp, whatever it was, sit down, pop it on, and you're sitting there and trying to catch your breath, getting something to drink, and whatever it was, late at night. This show called Forged in Fire, I think. It's a blacksmithing show where it's a competition where bladesmiths will come and they will try to be able to craft a knife from various pieces of steel in three hours and then handle it and finish the knife in another three if they make it to the second round. It's, it's very interesting to me watching them forge all kinds of stuff into a weapon. And one of them, after every round, they have testing on it. And they have this martial arts specialist that is an expert in bladed weapons that tries these, these weapons out in order to see if they cut and then at the end, if they make it to the finals where they have to make a special thing, they will try to see if it will kill by testing it out on ballistic dummies and all this other stuff. And you can look at some of the individuals, the other blacksmith that's on the judging panel and everything, that they will take and they will go and they will do sharp or they do strength tests by beating a knife into a log with a hammer and seeing if it will break. All kinds of stuff. But then you see somebody that knows how to use it to the best of its potential. And he sits in there and he starts doing all this spinning stuff. And all of a sudden, slice, slice, slice. And whoo, there it is. But you got a blacksmith that's sitting there beating the dog out of it with a hammer. Trying to see if it's strong enough. Let's enter Goliath is somebody that knows how to use every weapon that he has. He is somebody that when you see this massive man, and then all of a sudden you see him pull out his sword, pull out his javelin, pull out all of his armor, then you realize something. This dude is bad. I'm going to realize this as we're going through this, that it's not just so bad that he is a warrior that is nine and a half foot tall, armor all covered, weapons, and he knows how to use them. He's strong as an ox, but guess what? He's got a mouth on him. And out of that mouth, he is throwing insults and mocking the king of Israel, the people of Israel, and the God of Israel. And more than that, God, uh, Goliath, has taken on the mantle of champion, okay? So what has happened is this, Goliath has walked out from the Philistine camp, and the Israeli camp is on the other side, and he stands up there in front of everybody and says, I call out any of you folks, come out and fight me. The winner becomes the Lord over the people. The loser you have to serve us. Now realize something. This is something that is a giant problem. Why? Because as you begin to look what then begins to happen, 
that as he challenges Israel and challenges them to rise up, to stand up and produce a champion, Goliath's constant mocking has caused Israel to become paralyzed with fear. Not only has it allowed Israel to become paralyzed with fear, but it's, always, it's also caused about that they've begun to live with apprehension. And they begin to live with the anxiety of what the future holds. And you know what that has done? That has stopped the progress of Israel. They've gotten bogged down. They can't expand their kingdom. They can't even function in their kingdom effectively. Why? Because they've got this dude over here that's sowing all kinds of fear. It's paralyzed them. Apprehension. Anxiety. Over what? Because there's somebody that is doing nothing more than sowing apprehension in their life. Let me share some, brother and sister. The worst place to be is to be in a place where you are paralyzed in fear. Paralyzed because, of, because what comes after fear is apprehension. It becomes anxiety. Because what happens is that now all of a sudden David shows up. Because all this time that Goliath is calling out to the children of Israel, no one has answered the call. Nobody stood up. Nobody has said anything. Everybody sees him at the same time. Every day, he walks out. And guess what? Every day, what does the children of Israel do? They go hide. So the Philistine, Goliath, comes walking out there and says, I challenge you, and he looks over there, he doesn't see anybody. Why? They're all hiding. Israel has a giant problem. But look what then happens. Because out of the problem shows up this little guy by the name of David. David comes walking up on an errand from his father to bring supplies to his brothers that are in the war. Whenever they get to the war front, he gives the supplies and he comes walking in. And guess what he arrives at? Just at the time... When Goliath comes walking out and he starts mocking the household of God. And he starts mocking them and insulting them. And David starts looking around and going, where is the dude that's going to go out and kill that joker? He starts looking around and saying, where is all the men? Where is all the warriors at? Y'all going to let that dude talk about you, your king, and your God. Yeah. You see how big the dude is? Yeah, he can talk all he wants. But David is out there, and he gets there. He has not, and see, understand something. This is the mindset of somebody that's been, oh, that's been in a pasture. I might as well go on and get down to it. Brother and sister, understand something. Everybody around him 
has lived in such apprehension, such anxiety, such fear, that whenever somebody that is ready to live up to the true potential of what God has called them to be, when he walks in, guess what? Everybody goes, because what happens? David starts going, you're going to let that dude talk to you. You know what these guys do? Instead of getting mad at themselves for hiding, or getting mad at Goliath for hiding. In 1 Samuel 17, you know what they did? They turned on David. They said, what are you talking about? You all the time looking for something. You all the time looking to put your nose in my business. You're all the time looking to see some blood and gore and everything else. You just want to see a fight. No, David. Grow up, David. Grow up. But can I just share something with you, brother and sister? Realize this. That the God that we serve, is a God that is able to be able to take individuals that you may not think look like something, but God is able to turn them into something more than what they ever thought they could be. See, brother and sister, understand something. We have come to a position now where the king is so desperate because of his Goliath problem, That now he's willing to be able to do anything to just get somebody to walk out there and face Goliath. We don't know how long this has been going on, but it's been going on long enough that this young kid comes walking out there and says, I'd go out there. I know I ain't going to let that dude talk about my God like that, talk about my family like that, talk about my king like that. No, 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 no. I ain't going to let that happen. We got some issues going on here. The advisor of the king goes, there's somebody that has not been paralyzed with fear yet. You know what he does? He immediately goes and gets David and brings him to King Saul. Let me just share something with you. And you can read all this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let me just share this with you. How desperate is King Saul? Extremely is the right answer. <laughs> this dude, he's got to be desperate. Why? Because he is willing to take somebody that everybody says is young, that everybody says hasn't been trained to be a warrior, yet he is somebody that the king says, good job, we found somebody. Woo! Hear me, brother and sister. Let me share some with you. And let me just get a hold of you right now. And let me just share this with you and speak this into your system. There is too many in the kingdom of God today that live in apprehension and fear over what could be. And they've gotten so used to living in it and so used to cowering from their Goliath problem that whenever people that have been in the presence of the Lord walking into the place and start talking about stuff, immediately what you begin to do is tear down the individual because they're too spiritual. They're too spiritual. No, you need to find out who Jesus is all over again. You need to get your eyes off of the apprehension that you've been living in. You need to rise up from your anxiety. You need to rise up from the paralysis of your fear. You need to rise up from your excuse that you've been buying all day long. 
You need to rise up from it. But he's nine, a half, he's nine and a half feet tall. Look at all that armor. It's an excuse. Why? Because it has everything to do with the hand of God. Woo, Lord have mercy. We get to so many problems that we put so many excuses on who the Lord is. We put excuses on who He is. We excuse ourselves because of our own apprehension, because of our own fear, because of our own paralysis that we're living in. And this morning, let me just share this with you. It's time that you shake off all the excuses and be what God has called you to be. time to shake it all off and be what God's called you to be. It's time for you to just come to a place that I refuse to live in that kind of fear anymore. I refuse to live in that kind of anxiety anymore. I refuse to live in that kind of apprehension anymore. Brother and sister, the longer you stay there, the harder it is to get out of it. Hear me, brother and sister. Step out of it. Do not excuse yourself any longer and realize that God is still God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So you know what Saul does? King Saul does something that's just kind of crazy. Because he grabs a hold of him, brings him before him. And what does Saul begin to ask him? He says, we heard about what you were saying. Do you really mean it? He's like going, heck yeah, I mean it. But you're just a young dude. You're a shepherd. You're a shepherd boy. You're an errand boy. These are all trained warriors out here. But there's only one that has a heart of a fighter. Let me share this with you, brother and sister. You can be able to be a warrior trained in the Word of God until you know all the Scriptures and you know everything. But let me share something with you. Even the devil knows the Scripture. Let me share it again. Even the devil knows the Scripture. Just because you know Scripture does not mean nothing to do about your spirituality. It just means that you've memorized a whole bunch of stuff. Let me tell you something. You know what proves your spirituality? You know what proves? That's brother and sister. When you put it on the ground and you start walking in it and you start growing in it and you start becoming a man of God and not just be able to quote a scripture here. Oh. Lord have mercy. We come to a place that Saul says to David, David, you sure about this? Tell me about yourself. And he starts talking. He says, you know what, King? I may look young, and I may not be trained as a warrior, but I know what it, what it is to fight. My appearance may be kind of disconcerting to you. My appearance may be something that is a problem because I look young and I look like I can't handle it, but I know what it is to fight. He said, as I'm a shepherd, my responsibility is a sheep. And there's bears and there are lions and there's predators that have come and they have tried their best to be able to take the sheep that my father has put in my responsibility. Can I just share this with you, he says? He says, listen, when they come, they can try to take. 
But guess what happens? When they come, they try to take, I will come after them. And in every case, I have caught that beast and I have taken back the lamb that that thing is in. I love how he says, because listen to what, how he states it. I love how he states this. Look back down here in verse, uh, look at what it says here in verse 34. And then at verse 35, I went after it, and I struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. Now listen to what he's saying. He's saying this, I'm a protector. The important thing to me is that sheep. And if the lion comes after the sheep, I'll attack the lion, I'll attack the beast, and I will get the sheep back. So he gets the lamb, saves the lamb, but then he says this. Look at what it continues there in verse um, 35. Or, yeah, verse 35. And I delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it rose against me, I was okay with letting that joker go. But when it rose against me, I grabbed it by its beard, and I said, oh, honey, and I struck it, and I killed it. Now, let me just share something with you. What that lets me know in that is this. He knows what's his. He knows what his responsibility is. He knows who he is. He is a shepherd, a keeper of the sheep. He understands what his job is. He understands who he is as a person. And he says this, I'm okay with not killing that beast. I just want what's mine. But if that joker wants to bear its teeth in me, I will strike him, I'll grab him by the beard, and I'll beat the daylights out of that thing. Now my question is this, does that sound like a young kid? Now, I'm telling you something, brothers. Now, Peter would probably be like, they'd be like, yo, public enemy number one. And they were around when David was around. Realize something. He, the Bible says he just reached up there, grabbed it by his beard, and struck it and then killed it. Now, I'm here to tell you this, brother and sister. Just because you may not fit the bill in everybody else's eyes, does not mean that you yourself cannot be used of God and cannot be a fighter. Just realize this. He was somebody that wasn't trained for it, but he still knew how to fight. Realize this. He hears all of this story. Saul hears this story. And what does he do? He gets to a point that whenever he is there, he states this. That dude, man, David, you talk good, but still look at you, you're a little kid. Okay? You're a teenager, you're young, you still, you talk good, but look, look at the way you look. That is whenever he does something that's kind of crazy, because what does he do? He goes and he takes Saul's armor, 
And Saul puts it on him. And he says, come on and try it out. Brother, can I share something with you? It's amazing how Saul finds somebody that's willing to fight. But then what does he begin to do? He begins to try to be able to turn the fighter into somebody that he recognizes like himself. Let me show this to you, brother and sister. You are who you are. But that does not mean that you cannot be defined as a fighter. Because I love this. David, he tries to move around in that, and he realizes something. I can't do this. I can't be able to be what I am not. And he pulls out all this arm, and he starts taking it off. And Saul's like, no, 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 no. Try to keep that back on. You need protection whenever you go up against Goliath. You need protection. And what does David say? Uh, I can't do this because I have not tested it. I have not worked in it. I have not walked in it. I have not, dare I say, lived in it. I cannot be able to do that. I have no experience in it. Brother, just to understand something this morning. You are in a position where we need to come to this place that we need to learn how to walk in what God has put in us. So much of the time we come to a place that we will all the time look at what somebody else does. Look what somebody else is able to do. But brother, to understand something. No matter what David said, Saul could not get past this appearance problem. So he dressed him in his armor. And maybe, brother and sister, he thought that if David had all this protection, all this armor, that he would be okay. But brother and sister, on the, in, truly at the, very, at the very core of it, David states that he just could not wear it because he had not tested it, or better yet, he had not lived in it to a place that he knew it. Brother and sister, it was not his armor. It was not his clothes. He was not trained to fight that way. David recognized who he was. He recognized that he should not be somebody else. But he recognized who he was. He recognized who God was. And he recognized what God could do in him. See, brother and sister, I understand something. Whenever we get to a place, we have so many people today that they want to walk with somebody else's style of walk. They want somebody else's ability. They want somebody else's anointing. They want somebody else's clothes, if you will. They want somebody else's lifestyle. They want somebody else's this. But hear me, brother and sister, the quickest way for you to fail, and that is to do this, to just try and walk in somebody else's clothes. The quickest way for you to fail is to just try to walk in somebody else's clothes. Brother and sister, understand something. I am me. I can't be anybody else. My father, he prays in King James English. He talks in King James English. 
that is not me. I am different. And realize something, every single one of us are different. And we need to come to a position that we recognize that what God is doing in me is enough to be able to cause me to be able to fight and to be able to win and see God do something in my life. The problem is too many of us, we constantly excuse ourselves of where we have been. And because of where we have been, and what's going on, we excuse ourselves of what we can be. But realize this, David recognized, I've all, you know what, I've been a shepherd. In, in chapter 16, he was anointed to be king. The next king of Israel. You know where they had to drag him out of? The shepherd field. Why? Because nobody thought he was good enough to actually invite him to the meeting. Do you know what they did with David after he was anointed to be king? Get back to the shepherd field, you little punk. Get back over there, you little, get back, leave us alone. Whenever everybody else is going off to war, all of his brothers, guess where he had to stay? In the shepherd field. The only way he's able to get to the war, guess what? He's got to be FedEx driver. But when he gets there, there's something he cannot cover up. He's a fighter. Brother and sister, understand this. You can only wear the clothes that you own. You can only wear the clothes that you have lived in. I hate wearing clothes, shirts, that have just been bought sometimes. You ever been, had some of those clothes that are just stiff and you're like, my gosh, I, I got to, man, let me put it in the wash. Let me wash it. Let me just break it in some way. It just feels rough. I'm not comfortable in them. Brother and sister, there's a reason why so many of us can't live a Christian life comfortably. Because we're trying to walk in somebody else's clothes. We're trying to function in somebody else's stuff. You can't function off of somebody else's prayer life. You can't function off of somebody else's relationship with the Lord. You cannot function off of somebody else reading their word. You cannot function with it. You must walk in your walk. You must live in your clothes. You must walk in your clothes. So David took off Saul's armor. <clears throat> and what does he do? He puts on his shepherd's gear. And he walks out there with his weapon. What is his weapon? A sling and five rocks. And a shepherd's bag. That's it. He walks out. But what does God do? He uses it in a way that only God can. Because he turns rock into the first guided missile. And through rock and sling, he kills Goliath. 
Not through conventional means. See, God is an unconventional God. Why? Because He's a unique God. Because He knows you. Your walk with God may sometimes look strange. And sometimes my walk with God will look strange to you. But if I'm following Him, I will see my Goliath problem fall. But the one thing that you've got to have, you've got to have pasture time with the Lord. Realize this, whenever David in 1 Samuel 16 is anointed to be the next king, they pulled him out of the pasture. Whenever he goes to the battlefield, guess where they pulled him out of? The pasture. No wonder David writes in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because he's been in the shepherd field. He knows what a shepherd's supposed to do. He understands what a shepherd's job is. And he looks at the Lord and says, Lord, you are my shepherd. You take care of me. You watch after me. Why is that? Because there's been a relationship that's been formed in the pasture. The problem that we many times like to do is we want to skip the pasture to get to the armor. You cannot wear the armor unless you've been through the pasture. You can't know what works for you if you've never been in the pasture. Get in the pasture. Listen to what the Word of God says. Look at this in Psalms 18. As I get ready to close right here and right now. Verse 31. Psalm 18, verse 31. Listen to this. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. This is David's song. And he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. And sets me on high places. He teaches. Realize this. Saul said, you're not a man that's taught to be a warrior. But listen to what verse 34 says. He teaches my hands to make war. So that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path over me so that my feet did not slip. Brother and sister, what caused David to be the warrior that he was? Because he was in the pasture. And he had time with the Lord. And the Lord taught him. How to fight. How to live. He taught them how to worship. Here, tell you something. You will be a worshiper if you spend time with the Lord. If you spend quality time with the Lord, you will worship. There ain't no doubt about it. You spend quality time with the Lord, you will come to a place that you will overcome. You spend quality time with the Lord and in the Word of God, there will be things that will begin to happen in your life. And you're like, well, my God, this is amazing. Why is it? Because you spend time in the pasture. Because you spend time in the pasture. Brother and sisters, spend time in the pasture. Spend time in the pasture. Some of you are trying your best to live God like everybody around you. That's the goodest way in the world to confuse yourself. Saul tried his best to 
conformed David to his image of what a warrior was. But guess what? The Lord just said this. No, 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 no. I'm the one that will teach your hands for war, David. I'm the one. Get with the Lord. Follow the Lord. And see God do amazing things in your life. Don't wear somebody else's clothes. God has a set of clothes for you that's yours. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, mighty God, today. Lord, for the word of God, Lord, that you just spoke into my heart. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we might exercise this word. That we might come to a place, Lord Jesus, that we not only exercise it, but that we walk in it in the fullness of its capability. Dear Jesus, be with us. Walk with us. Lord, let us get our eyes off of everybody else. How everybody else wears their armor. How everybody else does their stuff. And let us put our eyes back on you. Let us put our eyes back on you, Lord Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, Lord, that you Lord, will work in our lives. And that we may experience your presence, your power, your anointing. In this place, in this time, I pray right now, Almighty God, and we will give you honor for it. In the name of Jesus, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Tim, I want to just, I want to wear my own clothes. I want to see God work in me. I don't want to try to be like somebody else. I want God to work in me. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand across this building. I'll lift both of mine today. I'm unique. The Lord wants to work in each of us uniquely. He wants to take us into the pasture. And there in the pasture, He wants to speak to us. He wants to live in us. He wants to do a work in us. He wants to fit you with your own clothes. Your own walk with the Lord. He wants to do that in your life. Stand with me across this building. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord. When it's so easy for us to be paralyzed in fear. Lord, to come to a place, Lord, and have a mindset where we are constantly constantly Lord insulted mocked even as Goliath all the time the problem is constantly just put in front of our face all the time and God it is so easy for us dear Lord to be caught up in situations caught up in circumstances caught up in things oh God it is so easy dear Lord to